Hey guys, welcome to Treat Up Podcast with hosts Kevin Atwood and Stephen Skaggs. Brought to you by Wild Leg Productions. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Glad to have everybody back. Me and Steven are sitting here talking to uh, Mr. Mike Powers. And Mike, how's things going? Pretty good, pretty good. Just got home from work and uh, getting on the show. Well, we're very glad to have you. And um, I was hoping you'd already been hunting this evening, but I don't guess you've had time to do that yet with the show. No, I had to catch up with work being at the World Hunt all weekend. So That's right. Anything you want to hit on, speaking of the World Hunt? In my book, I mean, I see all the controversy, but I think OMCBA, you, you get in what you put out. I mean, you get you put out what you get put in mm-hmm. uh, as far as your dog. And um, I got some good breaks, and I have a good little squirrel dog right now, and I ended up winning the Junior World Hunt. Even, you know, I treated everybody fair, and they treated me fair, and I didn't have any controversy on any cast. And mm-hmm. had a good time sitting down with friends and talking while I was there. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always have a good time when yeah. those are draw. Great. Well, for people like me, maybe that's living under a mushroom, what dog did you have there? I had the Sniper's Little Gator. Okay. So, yeah. Well, congratulations. And I also had a senior dog there, too. Oh, you did? Well, who were you hunting? Uh, yeah. Which, uh, which dog were you hunting there in the senior division? I was hunting the uh, Treaty Mountain Stormy for uh, okay. Kenny Gray and Merle Seeley. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... She looked real good, but she treated a bobcat and <laughs> wasn't ready for a bobcat because we don't have bobcats. But uh, oh, uh, she ended up treeing one and it bailed out and she got a minus and that's how she lost her cast. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah. That happens. That does. I, well, yeah. I don't know it's how often three, three it happens. Squirrels, but <laughs> yeah. I don't, it, it just, if you get that unlucky break. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, did the bobcat stay put? No, he said it bailed. Uh, that's the only no. It bailed before we oh, got there. Okay, but, uh, okay. She yeah. was she was hammering, and then about that time we heard her squeal, and then she went running out of sight, uh, oh, okay. out of hearing, and uh, finally she quit and come back, and then she ended up treeing three squirrels, and all she needed is to hold them other dogs off and tree another one, but time ran out, and the cash dog of uh, Gary Smith beat me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, for before I forget, did y'all tree any? Uh, Around here, we're starting to tree multiple squirrels in the trees. I don't know if the rut's kicking in, but uh, the last couple times we've been, we've seen Stephen seen four mm-hmm. in one tree, and I've, we've had multiple trees with uh, two or three in them. Yeah, uh, uh, on Gator's cast, on his first cast, he treed one, and uh, there was uh, two more there in in the search area. Yeah, matter oh. of fact, there was one on the outer side of the search area, and a little dog sat down and treed uh, right outside the steps and had the squirrel. That was sitting there too. I know it's. I, I guess it's the rut kicking in. They're doing some funny things. I know my right. my dog tree. Uh, I told Stephen the other day just up a little, what I would call a sapling. I, as I was walking up to him, I was just thinking to myself, "Why in the world?" And sure enough, there was a squirrel stuck to it. Up, you know, not even yeah. thirty feet up. You know, so I was. But yeah, I, I assume the rut's kicking up now. So that's yeah, good. it's starting. Yeah. So are you uh, now? How many dogs are in your kennel? Um, I have, uh, the dog of Kenny Gray's, then I have, the uh, uh, Sniper's Little Gator, mm-hmm. and then I have the third cross, Toby Fikes made that cross with, uh, Little Sniper, which Little Sniper come from Merle Seeley, which I helped, well, I didn't help, he started him, I did hunt him, uh, a couple months, and actually his first junior world hunt, I, I think I placed eighth or ninth with him at eight and a half months old, 
I hunted him for Merle down there and then Merle took him the second time and I thought for sure he was going to clean house and he ended up getting beat because they didn't see no squirrels and a dog just made some trees and beat him. Mm -hmm. So, um, but he was, he was a super nice young dog and, uh, Merle ended up selling him. Um, I ended up, I was going to buy him, but I was building a house at the time and I wasn't going to take that kind of money when I was building a house to Mm -hmm. go buy a dog. So I didn't buy him. And now, uh, I think, I believe, uh, Ronnie and J.W. McGee own him now down there in Louisiana. So, and uh, Toby bred to him, and the first cross turned out so well, and he called me up on the second cross because I told him I wanted a pup, and that's where I got Gator, and then I asked him to do the cross again, and he did, where Rosebud's about 10 years old now. She had two pups, and I was supposed to get the female, but the female passed away. Mm. So I ended up with a male again. So I got a young male out here, four months old, uh, out of that cross that I'm going to start into in the next couple of weeks. And then I got another female out of a little sniper and a little dog I own, JW bought off me. Uh, he bred the little sniper and I got a female out of that. So I only have three dogs that are mine and one that's Kenny Gray's. Oh, okay. So you, you now when you go hunting, I'm assuming you just take one dog at a time though, right? Yeah. I usually, uh, now I'll take a pup with them sometimes just to get them used to the woods. And also, I like a pup to aggravate my dog on a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, here's why. Uh, they, they're going to have to see everything in a hunt. Yeah. So if they can take a puppy climbing all over them and stay treed, they'll take anything. I mean, of course, not fighting. But, yeah, uh, yeah I like mixing in hounds. I like mixing anything. Uh, I've got a friend that's got a dog that will cover and cover very well. So I go with him all the time to make sure I cut my he cuts in on me to cover my dogs so they get used to dogs covering them and loud mm-hmm. dogs, you know, jacking a tree and everything like that. And they can, they can cope with it. Okay. So now when you say covered, are you talking about backing them? Yes, they're okay. backing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll ask that question cause I wasn't sure myself. And then a lot of times we'll get some messages to straighten that out. But yeah. Uh, I had a question. I forgot what I was going to ask. Oh, you, we, me and Steven was just talking about this today with a buddy of ours who's got a pup. But so when you take your, pup with an older dog and forgive me if i'm looking at it wrong but you're not really looking for that pup to really learn off of that dog as much as to just he's picking up i guess woods experience time in the woods and your adult dog's creek okay and your adult dog is is kind of having that challenge of you know kind of being irritated on the tree or you know Mm -hmm. learning how to deal with that so it's kind of benefiting both dogs a little bit exactly and that's like gator you know he's been doing it since he was nine months old Okay. I've had another puppy with him or something with him all the time. So he gets used to it because here, you know, his first hunt I went to, he was eight and a half months old down to Jamestown last March, nine months old. So right after Jamestown last year in March, a dog covered him. He didn't know how to handle it. And he left the tree and I was like, whoa, you don't ever leave trees. And uh, when I come home, it was 30 straight trees with this hound that will go in there and just pile up. And I had to, you know, hey, you don't leave no matter what. And then now you can come in there and jump on him, do whatever you want. And he's going to stay right there. He'll just go around the other side of the tree. Hmm. Okay. So okay. he'll bounce around the tree if he has to to stay away from him. Yeah. Because we were, we were talking about that actually probably today, if I remember correctly. But so we, and we were talking about Stephen has a young dog. Tyler has a young dog. And, and I have one that's two years old. And he's pretty much, I guess, what you would call finished. But so do you see – um Anything that um, I guess would indicate that you don't need to put 
a pup in the woods with an experienced dog or or if there's a time where you just need to break off and let that pup go by itself is there anything in there you can give any advice on as, as to what to do if people's yeah. considering that if that pup starts looking up and starts tracking and starts getting on trees, looking and looking and looking, that's when I break them off. I break them off by them. Now, a lot of times I just mess with them here in my house, walk them through the woods. I do uh, catch squirrels and I show them like one cage squirrel. And then the rest of the time I uh, zip tie the squirrel and I, it's basically leashing like the old timers used to do coon. Mm-hmm. You leash a squirrel. Now you got to watch it because the squirrel they'll have seizures or if you get them too hot, they'll have a seizure and they'll just fall over dead. You got to watch how you handle them. I leash, I basically leash them up or zip tie them. Um, and then I take them, I let the pup see them come out and I put them through after they can't see it, make a trail with it, put it up the tree just out of its reach on the backside of the tree, tie it down, go get the pup, turn it loose. That way it can trail it. And then when it gets to the tree, it smells it on the tree and then looks up and sees it. So most pups, when they're fired up, they're going to tree on that side. After they do that twice, then I'll start putting it up higher where they can't see it, put it in the first fork. And then once they start piling in there, just treeing the squirrel like an old dog, then they get the squirrel pulled down to them and they do their business. So they'll learn. And I, I try to not let the squirrel get a hold of them too much. Mm-hmm. So it's very quick. And I take and... Uh, kind of hold the squirrel down so or i shoot the squirrel out just so if you know what i mean i've been bit a few times so i, I couldn't imagine <laughs> not to do that too much yeah I, yeah okay yeah. i could say you've been zip ties and squirrels sounds like a recipe that's for a disaster yes yeah. yeah. you just gotta be fast yeah <laughs> that's my trouble i'm not fast i'm slow <laughs> and, and and a lot of people say oh welding gloves yeah you'll stress a squirrel out when you do welding gloves and uh, yeah. you'll kill it Huh. Yeah, when they when they get too stressed, they will take and they will have a seizure. So oh. you're bare hand of them. Yeah, oh, I don't wow. wear no gloves. Oh wow. <laughs> he he learned this technique on bobcats. Oh okay, yeah, like, so yeah. it's coming back to squirrels. Is no he fine tuned his skills yeah. on the bobcat, and then squirrels are easy. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, that makes <laughs> yeah. sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so uh, to to go back a little bit. Obviously, you, you've done a lot of training, and we, we want to get to that. And you've worked with a lot of great dogs, so just get your list ready. We want to talk about those too. But as far as your training goes, uh, how did you figure a lot of this out? Did you have somebody teach you when you was younger, or did you figure a lot of this out on your own, or how, how did this come to be? Yeah, I've been around a lot of dog men a lot of my life, old coon hunters. Uh, even to this day, um, John Newman, he's a great dogman. Uh, Merle Seeley. Um, there's a, you know, if, if you try to, well, this guy, this, this guy, that, and then you don't want to learn from that guy, that's when you become ignorant. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, everybody's got a benefit to them and what they do. And if you sit and listen long enough, you can learn something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've always tried, and my grandpa taught me that when I was very young, uh, he was a bird dog guy and a coon dog or a uh, beagle. I'm sorry. That was my dad's dad. He uh, did bird dogs and beagles, and um, I was young, and I used to, you know, just follow my dad and him through the fields. Uh, we had a lot of birds in Ohio on, uh, um, when I was little, uh, but in 78 or 79 with our blizzard, and then they started using a lot of different pesticides on the corn and uh, soybeans. Mm-hmm. It killed out a lot of our bird population here. Mm. I had farms galore up around Wilmington, Ohio, and um, Zinia, Ohio that my grandpa had, you know, where he just went up there and he just started talking to farmers and 
he fixed tractors and stuff for them and stuff like that. And he got a lot of permission, but you know, he taught me a lot about dogs back then, um, how to handle them, how to look. A lot of people don't think about confirmation like the cow hawk dog. Uh, he taught me one time I was probably about seven years old, eight years old. I love this young bird dog he had. And he said, you do. And I said, yeah. And he said, do you see anything wrong with him? And I said, no, Papa, he's perfect. He's perfect. And we got out in this field, and uh, he had this old bird dog, this old female. And I liked her, too. Of course, kids, they like every dog. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. But I remember it very fluidly. He cut this dog down this hay field, and this dog went running down through there, and it come back, and that young pup, he was in front of that female. And I said, we, he's beating her. He's just out footing her. You know, he's, he's fast. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, keep watching. He sent him back out and brought him back, sent him back out, brought him back. When he brought him back a third time, the old female was pulling away from that young dog. And I was like, well, how? you know, I, I was young, didn't understand. And he set the dog up on the bench and he looked at it and he said, now come here, I want to show you something. And he, and you could see the male dog was cow hawked and the female was straight legged. And he said that male is working twice as hard as that female. Wow. So as time goes on, he gets drained. Yeah. And he said, you need to watch this. And of course that's bird dogs. And you know, it's not necessarily tree dogs, but I always look for that. I try not to have a cow hawk dog. Uh, so I look at a pup, make sure they're not cow hawk because when they are, they're going to, ha- when they're digging, like when you cut a dog loose off the lead to go get treed, that dog, after he does that a couple of times, he's going to wear itself out faster than the dog at a straight legged when he can fly and mm-hmm. dig in. And then, you know, you go on from there, you know, see the actions and the nutrition and so on and so on and conditioning. Yeah. Now, can you explain but, uh, what cow hawked is? Basically, on the elbows on the back end of a dog, they'll be pointed inwards. Instead of looking straight at you, they're mm-hmm. kicked in. And when you're looking at the back end of the dog and it's facing away from you, okay. it looks just like a cow. How a cow sits there and walks, it throws mm-hmm. its elbows in. So they're digging their legs in and flopping out. Which they all do, but they're more at a, more of an angle than yeah. a straight-legged dog. Okay. Makes sense. They're having to work a little harder. Yes, they do have to work harder. And they can compensate. I'm not saying there's not faster dogs. That's just one of my things. I start looking at pups, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a little stint of attack training dogs back when I was younger. And I've worked with lacoon dogs and bird dogs and beagles all through my life. And then did the attack training. And you just you learn little bits mm-hmm. of everything. And there's certain things that, you know, I like to see in a dog that other people don't. That's where I go from. And and as far as squirrel dogs, you know, I didn't start into squirrel dogs till 2008. I had a good buddy. He kept wanting me to go. And I said, that is dumb. I don't want to hear it. That's, you still hunt for squirrels or you stalk them. You don't use a dog. That's just dumb. I can hunt. That's the real tree dogs. And I just went on and on and on about it. And then finally I broke down and I went with him and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's like two hundred in a day. Time. Yep. You were right. I'm an, I'm an idiot. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, that first day I went, I think we killed nine squirrels and I mean in a hurry and we was with a feist, which, you know, a good dog's a good dog. I don't care what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, she was a super nice little squirrel dog. And uh, then I, I had to get me a feist. Well, I could never find one that I could deal with. I'll be honest with you. Um, and then I went to several cur lines, didn't like them, and then settled with one um, uh, out of Alan Franklin's line mm-hmm. and went from there. 
um, I had a, I bought a male. He was just young started and I, uh, started hunting him more and more and more. And I thought, you know, he's just a mediocre dog. I went to my first world hunt in 2010, 11 down there at OMCBA. Mm-hmm. And I, I went through the first round. I thought, man, I got a better dog than what I thought, I guess. Went through the second round. I was like, wow, he's really, I thought he was just mediocre. Well, that third round, I found out he was still mediocre <laughs> because I got throttled. Oh man. And I got throttled good. I quit with like 25 minutes left in the hunt. And this other boy was standing there on the road and this dog was winding a squirrel off the road. And uh, I said, you're really going to cut loose with that dog when he's three squirrels ahead of us? Are you crazy? I said, he's getting ready to tree another squirrel. And that boy said, no, he's not. I said, buddy, I, I, I bet $500 right now he trees a squirrel within 50 to 100 yards of this road. And that boy, you know, of course, he didn't bet me because mm-hmm. I'd have walked away with some more money that weekend. Yeah. But uh, he did. He cut that dog loose. And he went, I had my dog on a leash. I said, I just got to see this. And he cut that dog loose and 50 to 75 yards from that road, boom, come tree, got a squirrel. Now, yeah. Now, is this a dog we know or is it a? Uh, no, it's a dog named Slade. Keith Purdue had him. Okay. And, um, he goes back to some old, uh, bloodline, uh, Burley, uh, which is, I believe Burlap's daddy. Okay. Uh, that's what he goes back to. I think there was, uh, I forgot what the dogs were there. Isaiah Hensley. That's another good dogman. Uh, he, he, uh, he would know him better than me. Um, I think one's fire bull and Slade is the, there were three brothers. They mm-hmm. were all super, super nice squirrel dogs. Yeah. To, to to go back a little bit, um, and if you if you can hit on it some, that'd be great. But uh, you said you just kind of dipped your toes or tried feist dogs, and and I always say to each their own. You know, there's people that you know right. that don't like right. feist. But what did you see in the feist that you thought you know you wanted you wanted to switch that up? Well, I started with the feist because I was with beagles, and I thought you know I got these smaller dog houses. I don't need no cur. You know what I mean? I see a feist and. I noticed that they had to be um, with you 24-7, it seemed like. And they were a little late starting tree dogs. Uh, Most of them didn't even – I mean, I I had squirrels, and I'm like, man, I tried this on kids. This should work. And a lot of the stuff I use right now, I tried using on them, and I couldn't get them to tree. I mean, they would sight tree, you know what I mean? But they never would use their nose until they got older. And like Mm -hmm. I said, the first dog I went with, she was – she's probably one of the best squirrel dogs I've ever seen. I mean, she was a feist. Um, and then, you know, there were certain characteristics if the squirrels wasn't moving and there's still some that she would use her nose. She didn't have to let them move by sight or anything like that. Um, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. It just like, no, I want a dog to do this, this, and this by this time. And if it can't do that, I don't, I don't need to deal with it. And I don't need one living in my house. My wife's got a house dog and that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's, 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 but, uh, it's, like I said, it's to each their own. Everybody's got right. their own reason. I, you know, and I've hunted with, uh, I mean, Stevens talked about it. I've hunted with other people's spice dogs that, you know, I personally, I wouldn't, you know, own that dog, right. but they're, they're tickled with it. And that's, yeah. that's, that's and all that great. matters. You know, that's all that matters at the end of the day that if they want to feed it and right. they're happy with it, then that's, that's what matters. I've hunted with mountain curves. I've hunted with hounds. I've hunted with a lot of them, but I didn't want, I wouldn't own. So, I mean, it yeah. just ain't yeah, for one thing, but you're exactly right. It's whatever you like, and you're the one feeding it. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's your dog, you know? Oh, yeah. Do you, how how is hunting in your, we talk about this a little bit on the, where you're at the last episode as far as hunting goes. 
do you have a lot of squirrel hunters in your area? Is there a lot? Do you see a you know there's, decline? There's more and more and more. Yeah, uh, there's more and more squirrel hunters around here. And as the trials get bigger and more money and stuff, of course, everybody thinks, "Oh, I'm going to go win that JPI or that <laughs> truck or yeah. whatever." Um, and it's like you know, it's a little bit more difficult than that. But you know, and and you might get lucky. Um, but you got competitors out there that you know, like I said, people that are been in this business or, you know, their whole life or with their dad or whatever. And they know how to handle and how to train and how to condition a dog. So, mm-hmm. um, and give it the right diet and everything. So, yeah. um, y- you know, it, it takes a lot mm-hmm. to, uh, produce, you know, a world champion. So, uh, you know, it, it, you know, there, there is a lot of people that are starting to squirrel hunt around here. You, you know, I see it on Facebook. I, 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 the other day I seen a guy and he was in one of my, uh, well, not mine. It's public land. I don't have any private up here because all the deer hunters have leased it up and yeah. run people out of, you know, uh, I, I lost those 13 private farms that I used to have for years because the deer hunters leasing them up. Matter of fact, one 800 and I think it was 850 or 900 acres. It's leased up by Buckmasters. Oh, wow. Oh, they really? come in there because, the ba- yeah, the baby buck was killed not more than a mile down the road from it. Oh. And they leased the whole farm. Yeah. So, um, you know, and it was beautiful hardwoods. Yeah. And that, that farmer's like, I make more money off them than I do farming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. hey, I get it. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. I, I posted a video. This has been a while back. I don't have to look back. It's been months ago. But you know, I posted a video of my dog, Tareed, and, you know, I, I forget – what form it was on but uh you know a guy came on there and made probably a seven paragraph comment about how uh it was ridiculous and if he ever you know he, if he's seen a dog yapping on a tree in the woods and ru- it ruined his day and ruined his hunting and i'm of course he was a deer hunter you know and i, I forget right. what all he said but you know it's the last thing and i've been we've been blessed around here the last thing i want to do is interrupt anybody uh, typically before I cut loose on any public land, which we hunt a lot of, I'll try to make sure nobody else is out there. And, yeah, we'll. Uh, exactly. I've ran into deer hunters before. Matter of fact, uh, uh, our bow season lasts a long time. And here, um, not too many weekends ago, I had a guy come in and he was, uh, he was from up around Lexington and he had just come down here to bow hunt public land. And uh, I'd heard a truck in the area and I, I, it was a short hunt for me that morning, but you know, he stopped and talked to me. He's like, you know, I didn't want to bother you. I, you know, I knew you was hunting. And I'm like, brother, you know, I'm, I'm fixing to get out of here. And he's like, well, I'm just looking for a, an area to hunt. And, you know, I'd seen some signs. So we kind of shared information there. But, you know, that's that's typically right. what happens around here. So I've never, for the most part, never never had a bad encounter. But, you know, there, man, there's a line there I for sure. Happen, you know, it's. Yeah. We, I've had a few bad encounters and I've had good ones. Like last year, I ran a buck around to one guy, shot it uh in bow season and then i also uh pushed a doe around a guy to the bow season mm-hmm. and those guys i mean honestly they say we look for your truck because <laughs> if you're in that woods we're going hunting on the other side so that you can push the deer to us yeah. i said hey you can take my number i'm always hunting usually five six days a week so yeah. you know uh, if i'm up this way you're more than welcome i'll tell you hey i'm gonna be here at this time you guys go sit down yeah. you know it don't bother me because yeah. they you know it's they they'll tell you it's almost like driving to them Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the other hand, I was across from where that guy killed that deer or across the Creek in another wood wooded area. And I had a guy call me everything, but a white guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and he was jumping up and down and kind of pointing his bow at me. I'm like, look, dude, you need to simmer down. I got a rifle yeah, <laughs> yeah. with a scope. Right. That's just, <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, but, uh, for the most yeah. part, we don't want our dogs running deer. Now, my my no. dog won't. It might run deer uh, 75 feet or maybe 75 yards, but not. he just don't. He just has no interest. And then Steven's got a dog that if he gets on the scent of one, you're going to have to get in the truck and go find him, you know, because he'll, he'll keep going. But, you know, for the most part, we don't want our dogs to run deer. But, no. yeah, that's the, and, I guess that's going to be an age-old issue. Quiet, yeah. Yeah, if they just sit down and be quiet, the deer's going to come around. They all travel in circles. It might be a three mile or a five mile or you know what I mean, whatever mm-hmm. circle pattern they have. But they're gonna they're gonna go in a circle pattern. Just sit still. It'll be yeah. back around. Right. I mean, how many times have you seen the video of a coon dog treeing on a uh, camera, and then an hour later a deer be there right. you know, on the same feeder? Yep. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I I, I bow hunted deer. For, that, I bow hunted for years, and uh, Lake Cumberland yeah, is yeah. right across the way, and I had a. I never will forget it. last day of bow season, uh, several years ago, I had a pack of beagles run through. I mean, just right in front of me. And, uh, it wasn't, I bet it wasn't 30 minutes before here they came back, but they brought deer right back with them. And the deer come right back through where the beagles had just ran right. through. And, and one of them, the one of them was a buck. He was chasing a doe. He just, he came out and around. I didn't get a shot at him, but it, you know, when the dogs run through there, these deer, man, it, 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 don't, don't, it don't affect them like people think it does. No, it does not. Well, I've got deer that bed down for my dogs on either side of them from the kennel. And one of my my German Shepherd runs around, and he's a 110-pound German Shepherd. And they bed probably 50 yards from my kennel every night, 8 mm. to 10 deer. Yeah. I can walk out there, and they'll be, even be in the cut grass area over there in my grove area, and they'll just be laying there. Yeah. Throw out a, I'll throw my coonlet out there, and they'll be all be bedded down mm. in the grass. Oh, yeah. And it's like if it affected them that bad, they wouldn't be sitting here with all my dogs sitting here or mm-hmm. with my house dogs or, you know, German Shepherd running around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, <coughs> if they paid attention, so, they definitely wouldn't be there. No, um, no. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the dogs that, you know, you've had, you've, you've trained, uh, you've trained some terrific dogs and I, we talk about young starting dogs and things like that, but, uh, you know, what, what was the first, uh, I guess the first, uh, top dog I'll call it that, uh, that you had experience with and you knew you had something in your kennel when, when you got this dog? Um, I bought a pup or I actually bred it. I bred a, a female, uh, and I didn't go to no competition. I went to the Kentucky state with her grandma, but I mean, I really went not hitting the competition slate really that heavily, but I bred her, um, it was powers 2020 Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, I bred her grandma to, uh, Keith Purdue's, um, I can't remember the dog's name now. That's it's getting bad. Um, <laughs> um, Devil Creek Stretch. I bred the Devil Creek Stretch. I believe he's a litter mate to Geronimo. Oh, um, okay. And then I bred him to her. I had a female I called Powers' Judge Judy. And then I bred her to Hummer, which I got Powers' 2020 Raven. And... Um, uh, I started in on her and she started treeing right around five and a half, six months old. And I'm talking, when I'm saying tree and I'm not just talking about go out and just hit a tree or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I was probably killing three to five squirrels a day with her at five and a half, six months old. Oh, I went hunting with Greg Mannard, which owned Hummer at the time. And I still got the picture mm-hmm. and, uh, we cut them loose and ended up killing 15 squirrels with her Hummer, uh, a dog named Taz out of Hummer that Herbie Hicks owned. And, um, 
we kill 15 squirrels and Greg looked at me and goes, you need to get that dog in the hunts at eight and a half months old. Mm-hmm. And a week later I was at the Kentucky state or the Indiana state and I got to meet Michael Perkins and Woody for the first time in the finals. I made it to the finals with her. She was almost nine months old. And I think Woody was about maybe nine and a half, 10 months old. And it was me and him and another dog. And we annihilated that dog. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, Woody, Woody ended up beating me, um, um, on the last tree, she was in a yard and some pit bulls running off the tree and Woody had a squirrel sitting over there. And, uh, that's how he ended up beating me. So, um, ended up, that was the first trial with Raven. And then I won uh, a couple state hunts with her junior Kentucky, junior state hunt, no OMCBA. And actually when she was a junior dog, I won, I think it was 2015. I won OMCBA dog of the year that year with her, uh, because I won several state hunts and, also placed second in the spring hunt, second in the June hunt, and second in the uh, September hunt that year. Um, it's a semi-elimination in the June and um, September hunt, and she ended up getting beat by 40 points both times. Oh. <laughs> and then the uh, I made it to the finals and ended up getting beat by one squirrel in the finals of the spring hunt. So, But she won dog of the year that year and ended up finishing. She's a grand in omcba and she's been in a couple world hunts placed in them she's won like i said several state hunts she placed fourth in the ukc world or fifth in the ukc world um she was a different type dog and uh luckily she's back at my house and my buddy ed johnson's house she's staying with ed now so um she's gonna live her days out here and run around the yard and stuff like that but that was my first one and then um (laughs) that's a good one Pretty good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's in my top five. Yeah. Um, wow. And then, uh, you know, they always tell you, you have, my grandpa always said this, you'll have five dogs in your lifetime that are in the top five for you. And he said, a lot of people that sit there and go on and on and on and on about dogs, if they really sat down and looked at everything, that's not one of their top dogs. Mm-hmm. They liked them, but it's not one of the top dogs that they do. And you know what I mean? If they really look at it. And Raven is one. Uh, my Kate dog that passed away on me, I took her to the vet three times. I won the junior world with her in 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, uh, she's, uh, she was a special one too. Uh, real super nice squirrel dog, accurate, like Gator. And then I won with Gator and I'd say those three are my top three of my top five right now. Yeah. That's a pretty good so, list. That's, that's a nice list. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Gator is just, um, he's a different animal. He's, uh, I really like him. Some people, you know, like you said, you know, he, he does a few things that some people go like, really? But when he gets in there, he's fast, he's accurate, and he gets treated quick. And that's what I like about him. And yeah. uh, he, he's just, he's a good dog yeah. uh, for being, he ain't even two yet. He'll be two in April. Yeah. And you know, on these But that's podcasts, where I got my start with Raven. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, but in these podcasts, I know there's a lot of people that listen that I think don't uh, comp hunt, and we talk about the super dogs. You know, the, you know, we, most of the dogs we talk about are well known and mm-hmm. and and well hunted dogs. But I I, I think you'll agree with me uh, if you just want to have a good squirrel dog and go out and fill the tailgate and kill a limit every time. There's still, you know, it doesn't take that super dog to do that. Um, oh no. And you know, yeah. that's what I tell my buddies all the time that, you know, they get a young dog and they'll say, man, this dog's treating squirrels. And I said, that's great. Can he do it under pressure? 
that's the difference between a competition dog in my eyes mm-hmm. and a squirrel dog. You know, I can take Gator. I've been taking him out since he's five months old and killing squirrels to him, and he'll fill a tailgate every time. Yeah. Uh, but can you do it with company or under pressure when they're getting treated as fast as he is or mm-hmm. blowing in there with a big mouth and, you know, all the controversy that comes with the yes. trial. That makes um, sense. In yeah. my book, a great squirrel dog is a competition dog and a squirrel dog yes. because you should be able to take your competition dogs and go out and tree squirrels. Uh, some dogs that they call competition dogs, they just tree trees. Mm-hmm. Now I couldn't put up with that. If yeah. I had to put up with that, it wouldn't be with me no longer. Yeah, right. I, so, agree. I agree. I, I feel that same yeah. way with that. I agree. Yeah, you know, and right. I think, I think the big thing that, that falls in there too is um, with the competition dogs or, or, or somebody that's just got a great squirrel dog um, is, is, where you fine tune these things, these little things, these little nuances, you know, whether it be mm-hmm. leaving the tree. And then also is, is the time that's put into these dogs. Uh, I think a lot of people overlook that and miscount that as, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's the reason dogs are the price they are is, is, is they've got there because people, somebody has spent a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You may get that dog. That's just, you know, he's, he's born, you know, treeing. Or, or she's born training, but that's few and far between. But you've got to put your hours in, and and yes. that's 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 what separates the great dogs from the average dogs. Yeah, yeah, and and for instance, like the image maker dog, uh, when I started him, I, his very first tree, and people think I'm crazy. I shot his very first squirrel at fourteen and a half weeks out to him in my yard. Oh, I lived in town. I, I had three apple trees, and Greg Maynard used to say, oh, the magic apple trees. I get <laughs> puppy started right there. And uh, he was out there treeing, and I was in the backyard. I lived next to my, my – my dad lived on one side, and then I had a, a – I bought some property in between us. And then I had a house on the other side, a little house that I bought when I was 20 years old. And uh, I put my kennel in between, and as, you know, started building my family and my life and stuff um, – I had, I bought Maverick. Uh, I think I got him from Scott. Uh, he's up in Michigan. Uh, matter of fact, the female is a full litter mate to the bud dog that Adam O'Donnell's got. Um, and he bred the Hummer and I bought the male and, and, and image maker is a litter mate to action Jackson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So I bought him. I went up and got him from Adam, and at 14 and a half weeks, I heard this puppy out there just raising cane. I thought, what's that pup doing? So I walked around the blind fence, and he's sitting there with his feet up on a tree, and I got a video of it still on my phone. He's got his feet up on a tree, tree in every stinking dying breath. And I looked up, and there was a squirrel in that apple tree, and it timbered out and went over my neighbor's maple tree. And I thought, if you hold there, I'm going to kill you to that pup mm-hmm. because it's very important to me when that pup does what he done – he needs that meat. And I don't, a lot of people, well, he wouldn't do it. Well, I shot that squirrel out and threw it down to that pup and that pup went all over it. Mm. Then I started walking him at three and a half, four months old. And he was treeing squirrels down the street. I had two little boxwoods on the side of a ball field. And when there was no kids or anything down there, I'd walk down there in the fields in, the, in those boxwoods and he was treeing and I shooting squirrels out to him with a pellet gun. And then I went behind a schoolhouse which you're not supposed to but there's a big <laughs> woods down there that's full of squirrels too and i walk him down there and shoot squirrels out to him so uh time he was six and a half months old that little dog had six and 67 squirrels killed to him holy cow so and i had it all marked down and then uh david jeffries called me up and wanted him and 
a bunch of other people wanted him, but David had, I'll just give you cash. I don't need to try him. I don't need to do anything. Mm -hmm. And he gave me $3,800 cash just to get him. And I thought at seven months old, go ahead. Yeah. And that's the start of image maker. I called him Maverick. Yeah. And then Joey renamed him image maker. So, and and who did Greg have that dog for a while? Greg Maynard, did he hunt him or? I think he did have him for a while too. Yeah, I thought so. Yep. I know he's done some winning. I know that dog is. That's that, yeah, yeah. That's us. That's a name you hear. And uh, is he still around? Now, forgive me, but oh yeah, Brian Leffridge is hunting him now. He's uh, hunting him in USDC. I think for Ashley Guthrie. Okay, that's who owns him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't yeah. sure. I'm, I'm bad when it comes to keeping up with all that, but uh, but yeah, I, you know that's that's like you said, it, and and those dogs do pop up, man. When they do, you know you. You count your blessings because that don't always happen. But uh, yeah, that uh, and I, I started the OBX Grace dog too. Uh, I sold her at eight and a half months old, um, and then she went down south and they won a bunch of state hunts and other mm -hmm. some world titles down there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I started her. Actually, I used to check pups when I started pups. I checked. She didn't want to hunt. She hunted okay, about one hundred and fifty yards um, at first. And she wouldn't get out like some pups would go. But what I would do is I'd test their oil and see how accurate they were. Because if you missed, Grace would tree it. Ah. And that was her biggest attribute. She wouldn't yeah. tree with a dog. She hated treeing with a dog. Really? She was naturally a loner, but she would always tree a squirrel. And if you missed it, you would see her hit that track and just go right past that dog and go treat it. And that's the way I knew if that pup was being accurate when I was starting them for people. Uh, I used to... Uh, a lot of people bring their dogs here and let me start them for them. Um, and uh, it just, that's how I checked them was with her. I didn't want to take them with Raven because Raven was too much for, you know, being a young dog. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, Man, I had OBX Grace. What a tool to have when you're training really, dogs. That's, yeah. yeah, that's, and, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, the amount of money can't buy that. And one thing I want to ask real quick is, is, is training these dogs and getting them started because these people are hearing, and, and we've talked about it many times before, three and a half months, four months old, five months old. But how much are you taking these dogs out? How, how many times a week are you hunting these dogs? Or how, how, let me ask this, how often are you working with these young dogs on a, on a basis to get them to go that young? Well, I mean, like, for instance, now I've got plenty of property around my house where I live now. Um, it's every day. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you, you turn them loose, you watch them, you've got to handle them too, so they know how to handle um, you know, just whistling and then calling them and playing with them and stuff like that, making them fetch stuff. Um, and then, you know, um, I have feeders around here. I keep full for squirrels, but then, like I said, I use the zip tie trick when I think they're ready. I show them one cage squirrel and, and see if they're ready. And if they just dive at it, wanting to kill it, then I know they're ready. If they're not, I just wait a month and then I'll do it again. Some don't start that early. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some are just like image maker. He just fell into it and he loved it and loved killing things. And it was real easy. Just like Raven. You know, I showed Raven her first squirrel at three and a half months old and I've got it hanging up in a tree and she big fat puppies running around this tree, tree in every breath, you know? Um, and I turned that squirrel loose and she treated it and I shot it out to her. Um, and it just, after that, she didn't need no help after that, neither. Um, those, those ones, um, like Raven, like image maker, um, OBX grace. I mean, you know, I, uh, the big Willie dog, the tree and curb, big Willie, mm -hmm. I started him. I didn't get him here until he was about six and a half, seven months old. Uh, Norman Jeff Island had me start him for him. 
And um, I told Norm and Jeff, I said, if you leave him with me, I'll win that NSD pup hunt that they had that first year. And uh, they took him on home and they sold him a week later. And then a boy up here bought him off that guy because he didn't like him. And the thing about Willie, Willie had to be used to you. And I named him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff didn't like me calling him Big Willie, but I did anyway. (laughs) So um, I got him back off that boy because I knew I I didn't say nothing to that boy. I thought you ain't going to let him get used to you and it's going to take a couple weeks and he ain't going to hunt right for you. (laughs) And um, so he brought him up here and said, hey, man, you want that dog? Here's what I got in cash. And I went over and bought him. And the next day I took him out and treated six single squirrels in a matter of probably 50 minutes. Because wow. he knew me. And I mean, when I, he come up to me, he was all over me. Um, um, but Willie, I mean, when Jeff and them, the day before they come got him, I'd had him like three or four weeks. And and he, I killed his limit to him. And with the leaves on, I killed his limit. Ooh. And um, those dogs, and another one is the Jamie Bowes dog, Lightning Jack. Same thing. I had him here three weeks. And I told Jamie, I said, you can kill squirrels with that dog right there. Easy. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, I've killed about five of them to him in three and a half weeks in the Leafs. And I said, that little dog's going to be tough. And he sure enough is. He's tough. He's a tree and cur that Jamie Bow owns. Um, so, you know, those dogs, they are there. Uh, they do have it in them. It's mm-hmm. just if you bring it out of them and then they like, you know, they're gamey enough, they just like it. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. those are dogs that are easier. I've had some that, you know, you get and, and you start working them and they're not as easy. You can get it out of them and, and they make a good squirrel dog, but they're not that exceptional one. Yeah. yeah. So now you hunt your uh, dogs year round. It sounds like you tell about the leaves on, uh, do you hunt year um, round? I, well, I, I usually start back about middle of August, just like once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really hard hunt. I uh, usually I'm done time. The spring season of Kentucky's done because mm-hmm. I'm so close to Kentucky. I jump over in the Northern Kentucky area mm-hmm. and go down in there and hunt some state land, uh, until the leaves get real thick. And then, yeah, once a dog's going really well, no, I don't hunt them. I think you can create a lot of problems when you're hunting a dog in leaves. And that's just my opinion. Oh, well, you know, it's, and everybody's got them. Yeah. No, that's, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that, but, um, even a young dog, um, uh, let's say, you get a you get a dog going this season, you know, and and then uh, time comes about, and uh, and you want to take that time off, uh, or or it gets hot. And it's June, July, and August. Do you really think it hurts that dog by not getting him out and putting him in the woods for those few months? No, I mean, uh, you know, even though I don't hunt them, I still have feeders here. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, like Gator, this like Gator went all the way up to the leaves, come on and hunted him in the spring season. He just turned a year old in April. Uh, like I said, he'll be two this April. So he was done in June. He was put up for June, July, and half of August. I started getting him out and hunting him here and there in August. Um, middle of September, I started getting a little serious with him. I didn't like it because I think you can create problems, but he seemed like he was accurate enough. I was killing squirrels with the leaves on. So I, I kept hunting, and then um, during that time, about once every week or every two weeks, I got a feeder out here, and I'd see some squirrels out there, and a lot of people were like, well, and I just cut him loose, and he knows to run around the house and go to the woods. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew he was going to run into those squirrels. So he would run into those squirrels. I cut him from his kennel. He'd run into those squirrels, boom, just tree real quick. And then I knew there were squirrels, and he, you know what I mean? 
I'd kind of go over there and pet him up and let him, you know, he'd smell the hot squirrel. He'd see a, you know, a, hot, a squirrel or get on a hot squirrel and he'd be treed. So I didn't worry about his accuracy because he's hitting it so hot, so red hot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I knew he'd be there and I'd just pet him up and I'd take him back to his kennel. Okay. Uh, now, just cutting them loose to the woods. I mean, people can do that. It's, it's teach his own. I don't prefer it. I don't do it. Uh, um, you can create some bad habits if you don't watch it with mm-hmm. leaves on, because especially if you're shooting in a tree, yeah. because let's face it, every dog misses. I yeah. mean, they do. There's none that are perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. if you ever watch a squirrel when you're out deer hunting, I don't know how they tree them anyways. No, I don't That's, either. Uh, yeah. We've, we've talked about that several yeah. times. With, uh, so, no, it, so, one, I want to get back to one quick. I've had several questions on Messenger about feeders. Um, and I meant to post, I've been looking, uh, I think Travis or somebody sent me some pictures of some feeders. And, I, and I've had uh, more than one message me and ask me maybe to talk some about feeders. And if you've got, if you've got uh, a feeder that you make and you, and you can post a picture of it on your page, that'd be great. But uh, can you go into some detail about the feeders, maybe what type you use or how you use them or how you place them, um, things like that? I just, I just use a four-inch Schedule 40 PVC pipe, and then I put a, um, a, a Y on it uh, and let the Y go down and put a little section underneath and then put a cap underneath, put a drill hole or two in the bottom of it so the water comes out of it. And then, you know, there's a rubber stop, the screw rubber stops. Mm-hmm. You put it in the top, and I actually learned that from a buddy of mine that's a pipe fitter. Um, and I just fill them up with corn, and that way they're big enough that the squirrels can get their head in. But if you have to, if you – the, the piece above the Y is usually about three foot long, four foot long. Um, and then I can take and run a screw through that PVC in the top of it, uh, right below that cap and angle a screw in. So I can screw it right into the side of a tree. And if you want to raise it up high enough, you can, or put a strap around it and strap it up, you know, and screw into the tree mm-hmm. to get it away from deer because deer is going to eat out of them too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. my, my deer come in here all the time and then, uh, that's what I use, and and that way you can cap them off and stuff like that. And honestly, I've had a couple of times with pups, the pups will get out there and they'll chase them inside the feeder because they've ate all the corn and they'll be inside that plastic tube. Ooh. So then you've got a squirrel on a tube now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I can take the top off of it and they're sticking their nose and they're smelling all that scent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're just going nuts. And then I've took the top off of it, and the squirrel can't climb that PVC but they can hear it and they'll hear it chattering and climbing and getting away from them, but they can smell it too. And they just drives them nuts. Then I'll take a stick and shove down in there, let it climb up the stick and they see it come out. Oh man. And, uh, I've had that happen uh, several times. Yeah. With young dogs. Now, so if you get a chance, uh, sometime post a picture of you, if you can, if you don't mind, if you want to, yeah. if you want to share that, no, cause I'm I've here. had more than, more than several yeah. uh, question me. Uh, and these are all, these are all, uh, people that are just getting into it and, and they've mentioned getting pups maybe for the first time and they're just you know they're curious about it don't know how to put one together or, you know they're you know they want to make sure they do it right but now you you do put right. your feeders on the tree correct yes i do put them on the tree yeah okay. i and, just pick out you know and i spread them out anywhere from 75 yards to 100 yards apart mm-hmm. if if not 50 yards apart whatever i i mean i've got one here in my front yard and then i've got one over across my pond i've got actually three across my pond i got one 25 yards from my kennel mm-hmm. um and, and you know when i fill them up that's when they stay filled up if i 
The bad thing is my deer love them so much yep. here yeah. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and the turkeys and they just tear them up. So, yeah. And I'm assuming I don't want people to think they've got to go out and build 10 of these. If you've got two or three or, or one, you're still, you know, yeah. I would think you, if you, if you do a couple, you're, you're probably, you're still going to see results from that. They're going to, they're going to find this. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a bird feeder. Squirrels love bird feeders and that, that, that'll give you the concept if you're in town. Mm-hmm. If you have a bird feeder, you've got a ton of squirrels on that bird feeder. Oh yeah. And they just love them things. And, and that's how you keep your squirrels around your area. Uh, here at my place here, I've turned, I probably turned 55 squirrels loose here, uh, catching them for people out of town and bringing them over here. And I've turned probably 26 coons loose here. Now, uh, saying that, you know that they're going to get eaten by hawks, owls, and mm-hmm. everything else. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I keep an abundance of squirrels here. I don't usually kill too many here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. Uh, most of the time, I will use um, either a dead squirrel I keep over from season I freeze, and I'll take out there and shoot up in the tree if they tree one here and throw it up to them. Or I have shot them out for them, too. Yeah. Uh, but I try not to shoot too many around here so they keep racing. Like I've got a den tree 15 feet from my kennel that uh, uh, a sow come in there, and she had two litters last year. And she's been raising. I've been here five years. Every year she's raised a litter, if not two litters a year there. Oh, wow. Sweet. want to hang yeah. on to her. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you just putting corn in your feeders? Yeah, and sunflower seeds. And sunflower seeds. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know. And uh, yeah. you, you mentioned coons. Do you ever combo hunt your dogs for, before I forget to ask that? I do not like it. Uh, I do have one here. I, I'm telling you, that stormy dog of Kenny Gray, she come from Merle Seeley and Michael Pumphrey. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I don't call most curs coon dogs. She's a coon dog. Mm. She is a flat good little coon dog uh i i used to hunt you know i hunted english and i hunted walker back in the day and uh, um i had some good coon dogs uh but then i've not seen i mean i'm not saying curs can't be coon dogs mm-hmm. i've not seen one that could be a straight up and just beat hounds but uh i i think merle took her out back with john stewart and them and i think she cleaned the hound's clock um a couple times so uh and she can treat them very fast and very and i, I was gonna put her in a coon hunt down there and uh i just didn't do it i didn't want to hunt at night yeah i, I went and now i'm 50 years old i don't want to chase a dog at night oh yeah <laughs> I, i'd like to go just sit down and go to bed yeah, yeah i hear yeah, you there I I, that's uh, you said it's like coon hunting the daytime so that's that's, that's me that's was, right uh, yep. I, my bedtime's not too late, so I like I like to keep that pretty consistent. Probably here in another twenty. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, so you you know, for anybody looking right now, you you know, and I know this is, I think I know your answer, but you know, picking out a pup, you know, it's like scratching off a lottery ticket. There's just no way to know. And uh, well, what I look at is dominant crosses. If you have a female that's out of a dominant cross. And you breed to a male that's a dominant cross. Mm-hmm. Chances are you're going to have a dominant cross pup. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it like little sniper, little sniper Merle Seeley, he had a female that I think he might have got. I, I forgot what he placed with her. Lace. I've hunted with her a bunch with Raven, and she was a young dog and a junior dog, and she would hold her own with Raven. She was nice. Um, he bred her to Clyde, which is Bob Bauer, and I know a lot of people are going to say whatever they want to but he's a really good guy Mm -hmm. um because it's the thunder lady thing um 
but and I won't get on that, but <laughs> Clyde was dead right what he was. He was bred um, exactly correct, and uh, he was a super nice dog. But Merle bred to him and had pups, and that was Little Sniper's litter. And unfortunately, Lace died uh, after that litter, so a little bit after the Junior World. And uh, Little Sniper at three months old, he treated a kit coon in the back of Merle's kennel. And Merle shoved that kit coon off to that pup. And that pup fought that coon until they couldn't fight no more. They were laying on their sides, biting each other. He put (laughs) that coon back up there. He put that coon back up on that kennel. And that pup staggered up there and started treeing that coon again. And he shoved it back off and he tied back into it again. And I thought, man, that pup's got more heart than he knows what to do with. Yeah. And I had a little dog. I had a litter mate named Razor. Razor wasn't as, uh, it, you know, he, he was a nice dog. He still is a nice dog. He's just a squirrel dog. Um, and he just didn't have that flash. And, and they've got some nice pups out of Razor. So when Toby Fikes bred to Little Sniper, and I heard great things about Toby's dog, I thought maybe it, it seemed like Little Sniper's cross was a hit. And I thought, well, that's a dominant cross, and maybe this will work. And then the first litter, I watched it, and it did. It worked really well, but a lot of guys didn't competition hunt them. Mm-hmm. So when Toby had the next cross and he called me up and said, hey, you want a male? I said, yes. And then I worked on his female for him uh, to get her to stay treed. He had her started, but she wouldn't stay treed. And I worked on her last spring, Cater's sister, and she is a tree dog and super fast and super nice also. Um, but I just I think if you have a dominant cross – and you breed it to a dominant cross dog, you're probably going to have dominant pups and they're going to be, you know what I mean? Nice pups. doesn't work all the time, you know? Uh, but I, I, that's the way I look at it. Oh, yeah. And you want to stick with people that know what they're doing. Um, you know, some people can, they go out and breed to the dog behind the barn and they've produced dogs, but mm-hmm. then sometimes they go behind the barn and they're all junk. Yeah. Right. So exactly what happened to me when I first got into it, I thought I was going to some reputable people and the dogs wouldn't even look at a squirrel. Uh, the only thing they were interested in is biscuit and dog food. Yeah. So, right. um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, you know, you just got to make sure you pick the right people and, um, kind of do your homework. Yeah. So that, that actually brought up a question and, uh, we've had, we've had this question before too. And, uh, I don't, uh, see if you care to, to share something about that. Uh, you said that you were, she wouldn't stay on the tree. Uh, is there anything you can share with us to kind of help us on, help people out on that? If they're having that problem, you know, uh, maybe, maybe keeping your dog a little tighter to the tree, maybe once leaving it. Uh, I know I've got a pup right now that I'm working with that, uh, he's treeing, uh, and he'll stay treed until I get there and he sees me. And then he'll want to start backing yeah. off and, or he'll maybe sometimes he'll even leave. Well, here's the one thing I don't tone. I mean, teach his own. I, I don't like tone and dog to come to me. I use a, I, I whistle at them or call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I use the shot collar to let them know, Hey, when I am telling you, you need to come here. You know what I mean? Um, same thing with the tree. And here's why I use, I use a tone button on a tree because you can't be close enough sometimes to, yell and them hear you when they're 800 yards right um so if you use the tone button they can hear that and what i do is i start working them when i I get in on a young dog and i'll start watching it and if it gets down 
I'll yell at it the first few times and tone it with it and correct it and put it back on the tree. Um, and then I'll start shocking it after that. And I even work off of, you know, back in the day, I didn't, we didn't have shock collars that were that reliable or with tone buttons. So you had to get in there with a switch right. and switch them back on the tree. So, um, you know, that's where, like you said, people don't realize how much boot leather and how many miles and how much, you know, right. frustration and everything like that <laughs> a, a pup can be. And then they wonder when you come to a young dog and you got this really nice young dog and you say, yeah, I want eight, $10,000 or $20,000. Like, are you crazy? It's like, did you walk for two years in the woods with this dog? Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I wore out four pair of boots and how many gray hairs have I got because of this dog now? And uh, you, you wonder, you know, why it's so expensive. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny you that know, you say that because – it, it, there was there was actually a thing that came up this week, and we were uh, me and Kevin had talked about this uh, when we were first starting. You know, we we were we would think the same thing. We'd be like, "Golly, that's a lot of money for a dog." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, we seen one come up, and you probably seen it too. Uh, it was somebody somebody that we've already talked about came up and was selling one of his dogs. Oh, you can tell him it was, it was Merle. Merle, Merle had yeah, that, yeah the Merle, fe- the Merle that little female that Merle yeah. sold, and Macy, yeah. yeah. And we looked at it and and you know I think he wanted seven for it, mm-hmm. and me and Kevin both looked at each other and was like, "Boosh, we had seven right now because." Oh, you mean the dog he just he just yeah sold. The, yeah yeah, uh, it, yeah. Uh, Stacy. Who, yeah. who yeah. was it? Stacy, yeah. Stacy, under two years old. She was a young pup. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, if I, you, you get to thinking about it, and you're like, that's really not. Mm-mm. I mean, <laughs> not for after, what you're after getting. you've after you've trained pups, you're like, man, <laughs> that's not that bad. Yeah, no. you, now, if you look at the hours he puts in that, right. he probably mm-hmm. averaged about three dollars an hour. Exactly. So would anybody mm-hmm. do a job? I mean, shoot, they don't even want to work at McDonald's for uh, $3. They want to have 15 16 for it. Right. Yeah. When they, we talked about that with my dog, he's two years old. And by no, you know, I'm not saying he's, he's ever going to be a world champion or anything, but I know Saturday when I hunted him and that I was telling Steven and his son today, you know, I said, right, I wouldn't take $5,000 for him right now. Yeah. You know, and well, that's, that, yeah. but that's me, you know, but I mean, people just don't understand, you know, how, and that's, I've had him for a little over a year. But man, I've done a lot of walking, a lot of frustration, and I mean, you know, it takes it takes mm-hmm. some time to get there, and it, you know, it's people you, you can't it's, go out and spend two hundred dollars and get this, you know, no. you just can't do that. <laughs> well, the days, you know, I, I remember so, like OBX Grace, I sold her for eight hundred bucks, and um, Ruckus, he won the Junior World one year. I sold him to a boy for four hundred fifty, and he was already treeing because um, he saved up some money and he'd been mowing grass. And I thought, you know what? let this young boy have his pup and he was a nice pup mm-hmm. yeah. um you know several of them that i sold and and really image maker was the first pup that i sold for decent money but really anymore that's not anything for a pup mm-hmm. um if you want quality yeah. and you know that's like gator you know i was offered sixteen thousand dollars for him and i said no no it ain't gonna work right. um there's a number i have in my head with every dog um you know, and if you hit that number, you'll get them. Uh, yeah. But it's 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 not going to be cheap, no, <laughs> and not at all. No. So, and this is for the junior world. Yeah. I mean, I got offered that. So, yeah. Uh, 
like you said, so you know, you when that total you, comes to like $3 an hour, you know, people, it, it's, it's hard to think about that, but yeah, that, the time you put in, it's, it's not free. No, no. And, and, you know, we know we love it. We do it, but mm-hmm. it's still, you know, it's still gas money miles on yep. your tr- truck or car and mm-hmm. miles in the woods. And, and I'll be honest, I buy one to two set of boots and I get quattros and all that other stuff. And I, I usually wear out a pair of boots every year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have to buy a pair of boots and a pair of chaps. So, but mm-hmm. like I said, there's a lot of days I'm in the woods, you know, anywhere from five to seven days a week. So right. thank God I have a wife and a job that I can do that. But yeah. And and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, you said we love it and I, I love it. I, I feel like I love it just as much as anybody does. There are days that I right. come in and I'm like, man, I'd like to just sit down, but you think, I, if I've got to get him out there, yeah. I've got to get him out there. Right. So, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of mornings right. I'd rather sleep in. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, oh, yeah. as soon as I get him in the truck and I'm going down the road, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm already, you know, I'm fine. I'm, I'm I've got to, I've go. got to, I've got to push myself out of the recliner. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, I, I, I eat it up. But yeah, you know, do you? Uh, one thing we've talked about getting into it. Do you? Uh, do you have a lot of young hunters up around you getting into the sport? No, um, there, you know, I had, I give a pup to a boy out of that Sadie dog. I bred to the little Jack dog of Merle's got over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Sadie is a full litter mate to the little bit dog that produced a hawk and stormy, the dog I'm hunting, the, okay. uh, Eric Wally's hawk dog, yep. mm-hmm. uh, their litter mates and a little bit produced them. And I went and found her sister and I bought her sister and I bred and I, I, I was, a matter of fact, that March hunt, that gator was down there real young and he left that tree and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to work on this. You know what I mean? He never left a tree on me for anything. And this female was, she jacked the tree and stuff and she come in there and backed him and she was a little bit radical of a tree dog. And he was like looking at her like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> uh, but anyways, I met this young boy down there and uh, I think his name's Caden. I haven't talked to him in a while and he was telling me how his dog died and everything like that. And I said, uh, you know, six months from now, if you, uh, need a puppy call me i think i might have another litter coming let me know i'll hook you up with a puppy mm-hmm. well i didn't get home i think it was sunday evening or monday evening he called me he said hey this is your little man or a little buddy that you met down at that hunt this weekend i was just wondering if you forgot me <laughs> <laughs> and it hit me and i thought he's about 11 years old and i said no i didn't forget you buddy i didn't forget you at all and he said, well, I just, you know, I was just checking, you know, because uh, I guess his dog was 11 years old and this guy backed up or something, come to the house, backed up and killed him. Mm. Oh. And uh, it devastated him. And I said, no, I haven't forgot about you. And I said, I'll tell you what, I had two pups I picked out of that litter, a male and a female. And I thought, you know what, that kid will probably get more use out of that dog than you training those dogs. And you know, you're not going to keep either one of them. And what does it matter about the money? Let that kid have one. Mm-hmm. Right. So I told him, I said, I'll tell you what, he lived in North Carolina. I said, if you want one of these pups, I'll give you either one you want, male or female. I said, but you make sure your dad, you put me on speakerphone so your dad can hear this because I don't want him getting blindsided with no puppy and not mm. liking me. You know, so. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I've got to go where? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... We worked it out where some boys picked it up at the hunt, the world hunt over here. And uh, 
uh, he ended up wanting to mail it first and he called me back a week later. He said, man, I thought about it. I don't know if I can handle that mail. Cause I told him, I said, he's a little radical. And, uh, he, so he ended up getting the female. And as far as I know, he's got the female down there. I don't know if he's got, I thought he had her tree in, uh, but then I talked to some boys over the weekend at the world hunt and I don't know if he does or he doesn't, but he still got her and he loves her dearly. And I thought, you know, what? that, that you know, if I had kids or if I had young kids around, mm-hmm. um, it, it would be even more enjoyable that you could, you know, Hey, get them into this and, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, yep. you know, get them going. Um, but you know, I got some buddies that's got some kids and I miss my boys. My boys now are 21 and 25 mm. and, uh, they will only go with me if it's killing. They don't want to do no competition. They know we yeah. just want to go kill. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But I miss it when they were young and I used to take them uh, rabbit hunting or squirrel hunting or whatever. So coon hunting. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they really enjoy the squirrel hunting with me. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy getting younger kids out too. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, it's only here and there. But, yeah, there's not very many that are in the sport um as far as i could see there's a few you know 18 19 20 year olds Mm -hmm. um but yeah you'd like you like seeing the young kids i i think it's good for them to get into it oh it is and it keeps them out of trouble absolutely you know me and steve we we talked about today you know if we could we'd like to get some kids around here into it i know both our sons are kind of the same way. My boy, if he can shoot a gun, he's probably going to go. But yeah. and my wife, she didn't understand at first. She 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 goes with me, and and sometimes I would go to the places and wouldn't even take a gun. And she's like, "Why are we even doing this?" But <laughs> but now you know she understands. She and, and she'll she'll you know right. she'll help me out try to find the squirrel, and she gets into it, and she just really enjoys it. But yeah. You know, yeah, me and Steven had even toyed the notion we talked about today. You know, if we could get you know younger kids together around here and get some dogs, Steve, and just do the thing like I think they do at the the Squirrel Master Classic, where they you know let these guys go well, out, yeah. put in a twenty dollar pot, and see who can kill the biggest bag of squirrels. You know, yeah. bring them bring them yeah. in and weigh them. Oh, you know, that'd be awesome! And just throw yeah. a little competition into it, and, and you know, nothing big. It don't cost you much money, twenty dollars, but. You know, once once these younger kids kind of see that and say, ah, you're not going to beat me, you know. Yeah. And the next thing you know, somebody wants oh, yeah. a better dog, and mm-hmm. and it just kind of right. you get your feet wet with it. But it and, it and you have fun doing it. No, I know a buddy of mine down in Middle Tennessee. He does that. They get together and they have a two, one or two game wardens that put this together, and they have a bunch of dogs. And he's invited me down there. I think it's in February they do it. Yeah. And uh, I I wasn't able to go last year, uh, but I. I yeah, that would be awesome to get something together like that. And, and you know, you get your game wardens involved and they kind of talk to them about Hunter Orange and mm-hmm. this, that, oh, yeah. and the other, and gun yeah. safety. Absolutely. And you can make a whole day out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that would be so. Yeah. That's something it, we're going to think about. It would take a large bag of our little gray squirrels to yeah. weigh much. We'd have to, the person who killed a couple of fox squirrels would run away with it. But. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's like we can go an hour north of me, and I can get in fox squirrels. And now we got black squirrels migrating down from up northern Ohio. Uh, and I've got a couple spots. I got a buddy up north. He uh, lets me come up to Wooster, Ohio, with him, and we go up to some private woods he owns, or he he has buddies that own, and uh, he uh, rabbit hunts and stuff. And we go up there and kill fox squirrel, gray squirrel, and black squirrels. Oh man! Uh, but yeah, I kill I killed my first black squirrel an hour north of my house uh, last year to Gator. And I, when I seen it, I was like, what? And I thought it was a gray, and it was tucked in, and I shot it. When it fell, I thought, that's a black squirrel. I'd have left it sit. You know what I mean? Anymore, our fox squirrels are getting outrun by our gray. So a lot of times, I won't even kill the fox squirrels because of 
you know, yeah. it's, yeah. they're kind of getting few and far between now. Yeah. I, I thought we, we talked about that last episode, Dustin Todd, it lives down in North Carolina and they've got ever variety. I don't know what, I don't even know what you would call those. They're, they, I mean, they're fox squirrels. Tri-colored. Catch, I call them cat squirrels or they call them fox squirrel, the tri-color uh, mm-hmm. fox squirrel. But, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, we, I know he killed about. a, he killed a cat squirrel. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you, uh, do you know, do you know Dustin? Yeah, I know Dustin. Yeah. yeah real but, good guy. Yeah. Uh, we were talking to him and uh, he was, he, he said, uh, look at my Facebook page. Well, of course we were sitting here talking to him and I, I scrolled it up and he's got, he's got a squirrel on the tailgate mm-hmm. that stretches halfway across yeah. the tailgate. It had the, it oh had, yeah. That's yeah. them big Fox squirrels down there. Yeah. Yes, I think, I it, think it maybe it was a Toyota or something. It had yeah. the, t- it had the bed squatted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a, in all honesty, it was this was a big squirrel. This was a big yeah. squirrel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I got a couple friends that live down there and they talk about how big they are. And I'm like, holy cow. Uh, this yeah. thing is so, now, that's you, the first. I've not killed one of them. I'd like to have some of those around here because it looks like they'd be hard hard to hide up in that tree. It would. <laughs> I think I think that they uh see our fox squirrels up here are huge. Yeah. Uh, but they're not that big. And then uh, uh we've you know, like I said, an hour north, we can, I can get into them pretty good. But gray squirrels keep moving in and moving in and moving in and running them out. So, yeah, yeah, just one of them things. We probably kill, I think, I think I said one fox squirrel to three gray squirrels or something like that. Hey, it's if ratio. Even that, if even yeah. that, yeah, yeah, one, but, one to five. Yeah. Or something. yeah. Is there anything we've missed? Anything you want to hit on, talk about? I don't, man. I tell you what, we've, we've appreciated your time and you've, been a wealth of knowledge and i'm assuming if anybody has any questions they can sure message you on facebook about training dogs or advice oh or, yeah and i have people calling me all the time so yeah. I, I don't i don't mind it if i don't if i don't want to talk i don't answer the phone yeah, yeah. <laughs> <There you laughs> go, so. then i'll get back with you yeah yeah, so. yeah. exactly and, and if, if you, you if, boys ever want to come up and go hunting you're more than welcome you can come oh, up yeah. well, anytime we have talked and talked We've, we're going to we're going to try to kill a black squirrel at some point we told dustin he's at north carolina and and they've got those, and, and and you've got some black squirrels up there, but and I've got a pretty big wall here behind me that yep, I would just like yep. to fill up with <laughs> these black squirrels and, and and these tri-colored squirrels, and so my wife, I've, yeah. I've got a my daughter killed a, her first turkey, a banded turkey, out of all things, this last turkey season, and so I've got oh, it at cool. the taxidermy now. That cost me quite a bit that I wasn't yeah. planning on spending, but uh, yeah, I, I may try to fill these walls up with with some squirrels here for too long. <laughs> She might yeah. keep my checkbook yeah, if well. I go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, if, if you ever want to come up, you're more welcome. We'll do it. Yeah. But if you don't care, hang on just a minute, and we'll talk to you. But right now, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and be sure to tune in next week. God bless you. Guys, thanks for listening. Please take time to follow me on Facebook and Instagram and tune in next week for another show with Treat Up Podcast.